Welcome to the One Church Podcast. In this podcast, our prayer is that you'll encounter content that will instill hope, fortify your faith, offer practical real-life insights, spread the love of Jesus, and inspire you to fulfill your unique purpose. Now join us as we listen to this week's message. Let's read Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And I'll read from the New Living Translation. It reads like this. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. So praise God for all the things you've done. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. Praise God for growth. But verse 20, but I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly, unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. May the Lord bless the reading of the scriptures. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So today I want to bring a message which I really, really, really struggled with. Because understanding the day and everything. But I also um, sought counsel from uh, my dear wife and thankful for the people around me. Uh, personally struggled with this, but I believe it is a, it is a word that the church needs. Amen? Amen? Amen. We're now continuing our series, The Unseen Battle. And today's message title is Jezebel, Then and Now. Jezebel, Then and Now. Someone say Jezebel. I want to give some clarity and remove any misassumptions that we may have. There is a Jezebel here that we read in Revelation 2, and there's also a Jezebel that is most more famous in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19 when the story of Elijah. So there's an Old Testament Jezebel and a New Testament Jezebel, right? When the Lord is speaking to this church, he's speaking to the church in Thyatira, and it says, this is the message from the Son of God, whose are like the flames of fire. And in each of the messages to the seven churches, it's speaking to the angel of the church. And it's not a literal angel like from heaven above. Because if you read the scriptures and study it, it was speaking to the pastors and leaders of the church through the Holy Spirit. Because you see that as you study the scriptures that uh, it, uh, the angel that was speaking to John said, Don't bow down before me. I am not worthy to be worshipped. I am just like you, a brethren that is a servant of God. So this message is also, someone say Jezebel. And we read all the uh, vernacular there is referring to uh, the female idea. But I want to make it clear. Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel is not a spirit that only pertains to females. It is not gender biased. The spirit of Jezebel can work and operate in men and in women. Right? Can operate in men and women. So this message is not for the women today. This message is not for the men today. This message is for everyone today. It is for any human being. And I believe this message is for our warning, but is also for our freedom and our liberty. 
Amen? I don't hear a lot. Of, I have not heard a lot of messages on Jezebel and the spirit of Jezebel. So we're not talking about the person of Jezebel, but the spirit of Jezebel that is the work. And if you study the scriptures, I'm not going to stand here and tell you, you'll find the words, the spirit of Jezebel in the Bible. You will not. But you will have to discern and see there's a spirit at work through the life and the person of Jezebel. And let me make it clear now, and I will make it clear later, that when we are dealing with the spirit of any spirit, especially we're in this series, The Unseen Battle, we are not dealing with flesh and blood, right? Ephesians chapter 6, you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and of darkness, right? Amen. Forces of wickedness. So you are not. So when we deal with this, when we understand this, we have to be gracious and loving to the people, but you have to confront the spirit. Amen? Be gracious with the people, but you confront and stop the spirit. Because what does it say in Revelation 2? It says that I have this complaint against you. you he's talking to the pastors or the angels of the ch each church. You are permitting this to happen. So I am convicted and every pastor should be, I think there's a version of this message that I have to prepare for the congregation, the church. But then if the Lord ever provides me an opportunity to talk to pastors and leaders in another context, there's another word from this that I could deliver to pastors and leaders. And I have to use wisdom that that message does not get spoken here. Amen? So you have to understand that we have to not permit we cannot permit the spirit of Jezebel to operate in our lives, in our homes, and even in our churches. What did I say? In our lives, in our homes, and not even in our churches. Like I said before, Jezebel can operate in a man or a woman. And let me share with this with you. We all have some tendencies because guess what? I was convicted when I was studying, and I was like, wait a minute, do I have the Jezebel spirit? Yo, seriously. So when, when something is shared here and it brings some type of, oh my goodness, thank the Lord for it. And then ask the Lord to help repent from it and ask the Lord to help take victory over it. Amen? We all have some tendencies, but it does not mean we have the spirit of Jezebel at work. Let me just make that clear. Just because we have some tendencies does not make it clear cut that we have the spirit of Jezebel, but be careful, but be careful so the spirit does not take over. Whom does the spirit attack? Hearing from the scriptures and even from the life of Elijah, which we'll be going back and forth with, predominantly the spirit of Jezebel will attack leaders. As long as you are an authority in your life, in your home, and in the church, or in the community, in any sphere, if you're a leader, you will be ready to face the spirit of Jezebel. Who does the, why does the Jezebel spirit attack leaders? Because the devil is evil, but he's smart. Let's just, I just want to bring it in the context of the church. Why, does, why do we get so disappointed when pastors fall? Why does the enemy go after pastors so much? Because they can reach many people. They can impact many people. Why doesn't any other person get attacked as much, maybe with the spirit? Because the devil is smart. He's evil, but he's smart. Does he attack the person impacting five people or 500 people? How can he turn 500 people away from the Lord by attacking the person that's leading them? So the devil is evil, but he's smart. When does the Jezebel spirit attack? 
It attacks when you start something new, a new church, a new project, a new ministry. It'll start also to attack when you're physically tired, when you look at the story of Elijah, which we'll get into. And from where does the attack usually come from? It comes usually from people that are close to you. Because they have access to you. Or they want to get more access to you. The Jezebel spirit only operates as power because we tolerate it. Let me ask you that most of the time we don't want to confront it because of what? Because we're afraid what we'll get back if we do confront it. We're afraid of rejection and we're afraid of the over-the-top reaction. And because of that, we don't confront it. Elijah addressed Jezebel and Ahab and dealt with Ahab and Jezebel in his life and his ministry. For every Jezebel, there has to be an Ahab. A Jezebel can't stand up unless there's an Ahab to sit down. So that's why I want to encourage and speak to, just in, the, in this context, I'm thankful for the women's movement that is rising up. Amen? I'm thankful because you know I have a bunch of women in my house. I'm thankful for the women's movement. But also I have to see through the women's movement and say that it's because there's an absence of strong men in society. When there are strong men in our society, when there are strong men in our homes, when there are strong men in our marriages, when there are strong men in the church, the Jezebel spirit can operate. And the Jezebel spirit will not like strong men. I'll be honest. I'm a strong personality. I'm a strong leader at the same time. And people will not like me at times. Because some things I will see through what is coming at me. I used to pray when I stepped into ministry 10 years ago. Lord, give me three things. One was wisdom, one was patience, and one was discernment. And I have not mastered all three, but the Lord somehow sends situations to me to make sure I get my wisdom tested, and I get my patience tested, and I can grow in my discernment. So I'm speaking to every person here. Discern and see through what you're physically seeing and speak to what is in the spirit realm. You see, Ahab was a, a, a great king of his time. I don't know if you knew this, but a little trivia. Uh, who was, this, uh, one of the, who was the, uh, the most impactful king in terms of getting land or conquering land and territory and uh, nations? Who was it? Come on, say the name. David? He was number three. Who's, who's not, who's, oh, somebody's, who is it? Not David, who is number one? Solomon, number one. Solomon, number three, David. Who's number two? Who is it? I set it up for you. Ahab. Ahab was number two in terms of conquering land and nations. But he couldn't get a vineyard that was next door. Jezebel had to use lying, cheating, and scheming to get that vineyard. While Ahab conquered the second most highest amount of nations and lands. Let me share this with you as well. Every person has been confronted or will be confronted by both of these spirits, Ahab and Jezebel. Revelation 2, which we read from, speaks about what happens when we allow this spirit to continue. Let me just share with you a list of things that where you can recognize how the Jezebel spirit works. All right? 
You may want to listen to this, write it down if you can. If not, go back and watch this. And I believe you need to go back and watch this uh, to really capture everything. The Jezebel spirit will seek out other individuals they feel are weaker to control, influence, and dominate. Has an unnatural sense of self-importance. Requires excessive admiration and attention. Shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. Lacks self-control, unable to control emotional outbursts, unconcerned with affecting others. Exploitative, abusive, takes advantage of others to achieve his or her own goals. Manipulative and lies. Totally void of empathy. Will falsely mimic empathy to seduce and control their victims. Jealous and envious of others, yet delusional in believing others are jealous, envious of them. Defensive and combative whenever confronted about anything. Believes that he or she is superior and unique, can only be understood by other superior people. Has a sense of entitlement, demands automatic compliance with their expectations. Unreasonable expectations of others, critical when disappointed. Ways to recognize, I boil it down to six, this, to keep it simple for all of us, insecurity and rejection. Insecurity and rejection. Insecurity is the door that the enemy will use to creep in with the spirit of Jezebel. They are so wounded that they don't want to be rejected. Jezebel in the Bible was rejected by her father and had a controlling mother. Three and four, pride and arrogance. And five and six, manipulation and control. And I want to talk about control for a moment. How many of us like to control? How many of us like to control? I'll ask it one more time. How many of us like to control? We like to control. We like to control our lives. We like to control. That's why we have to keep singing all to Jesus. I... That should be a daily prayer and a song probably, right? We like to control our kids, right? Moms, dads. We like to control our spouses. We like to control our work environments. We like to control our things. There is healthy controls and then there are abusive, unhealthy controls. You see, the issue of control did not start with us. The issue of control started in the Garden of Eden. Because there was God and he was having beautiful relationship with man. And then uh, he created man and woman. And then they decided to do something that was not prescribed and asked of by God. And then they took control into their own hands. And from that point on, there was a battle for control between God and man. See, God is not a dominator of people. Has he ever controlled us? Huh? Has he ever controlled us? No. Have you ever, I don't know about you, but have you ever seen anyone addicted to church? Anyone addicted to the Bible, reading the Bible? Anyone addicted to reading the Bible? Anyone in bond? Did anyone say this morning, you got up out of bed and say, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to church. I'm not. But now you're sitting here in church and you just find yourself here. Anyone ever found in bondage by God? Amen? No. The Lord never controls us and binds us. The Lord gives us to live in freedom and liberty. 
He wants us to be the Lord. He wants to be the Lord of our lives, but he's not going to bind us to force us to do things. That's why we have free will and choice. And that's why even accepting Jesus Christ is by our choice and our response to his love for us. He does not control us. When there was God in control, there was peace and paradise. When men got in control, there was destruction and sin and death. There was paradise when God was in control. When men got in the picture, there became destruction, sin, and death. Something about control that I need to share with all of us here is this. There's righteous control and authority. And for it to be righteous, there has to be three things. One is relational. For you to have righteous authority and control, which is good control, there has to be relationship. If you don't have relationship, you can't have control or proper authority. Second is this. There has to be rules. It has, sorry, there has to, it has to be real. God walked through, through the uh, garden with them and said, listen, you can have all of paradise, but just don't go touch that tree. There's rules. Then there's accountability for those rules. And third is it's righteous. When there's good, healthy, righteous control, there's never unrighteous means used to exercise that control. If you are abusive with the control, you don't have righteous control. If you lord over your power and authority, you cannot. If you're manipulative, you cannot. Control is never positive. It's never positive. We were never created by God to control each other. You need control in our homes, right? There has to be parent, child, those relationships. There's husband, wife, those relationships for those that are married. You have to have certain controls and certain places. Even in the church, there's control. There are certain controls here. Like if we just came in and showed up and just said, hey, uh, who, who's doing what today? That wouldn't fly here because everything has to be done in decency and in order. There, there is some form of control here to know that leaders, people, teams have responsibility and they're called to fill out, I mean, uh, live out their calling and their service here because that's why when you come in here, many people that I've talked to, first time guests, when I get to call them during the week, they say, oh, the church is so welcoming. Why? Because you cultivate a practice and an attitude, a mindset of all the people that are serving and all the people in our church that welcomes people as they come. That's not by chance. That is intentional. You know, you don't come here and say, oh, what's happening at 1030? No, there's a service, there's an order, there's plan, but then the Spirit of the Lord moves and leads and guides us. Unrighteous control is captured by manipulation, intimidation, and domination. If we look at the life of Elijah now in 1 Kings chapter 19, how will the Spirit attack and how will it manifest? When the spirit of Jezebel attacks, you can see first is this fear. Someone say fear. fear. Elijah ran for his life when he got the message that Jezebel sent. Just a few verses before that, what did he do? He defeated the hundreds of prophets of Baal, had a huge victory on the Mount Carmel, called down fire from above, did all those things. But now he's running for his life out of fear because of a word a messenger sent and was sent by Jezebel. Hallelujah. Fear. 
Number two, depression. First Kings chapter 19, 19 verse 4. Elijah had thoughts to give up. Said he, he prayed that he would die. I want to speak into the spirit right now. Is anyone, if anyone has ever had those thoughts cross, to you, cross your mind? In the quietness of your life, in the quietness of the night, in the darkest moments, in your alone times, I want to stand here by the Holy Spirit and by the, as a servant of God and speak and say, I speak life over your mind, I speak life over your life, and I speak life into your purpose and into your calling and cancel these thoughts that the enemy is bringing against you. In Jesus' name. Elijah prayed that he would die. The man of God prayed that he would die. Depression. Oppression. Number three, exhaustion. First Kings chapter 19, verse 5. He was tired. He thought of just quitting. You're so tired. You haven't slept for, you sleep for a few hours. You don't even get sleep anymore. You're so tired. You're just tired of doing everything that you're supposed to do and doing things you're not even you're not even supposed to do. Number four, sickness. How does it attack manifest? Sickness. Revelation chapter 2 verse 22 says that the spirit of Jezebel came and attacked that them and anyone connected to them with sickness and with uh, even putting them in the deathbed. Strange and prolonged sicknesses. Frequent and unusual sicknesses and accidents could be a sign that the Jezebel spirit is attacking. Amen? I know we don't like to hear this because it's real life stuff. But I have a responsibility because the Lord will ask me, why did you tolerate it? Why did I tolerate it in my home, in my life, in the church? Number five, immorality. Revelation chapter 2 verse 20. If you're being attacked with greater sexual temptation or temptations out of nowhere, and you're being bombarded by this stuff, and you're being drawn to those things, it is the spirit of Jezebel that is trying to attack you. Number six, idolatry. Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 again. They're looking to the things to bring happiness. You go from one thing to another. Is, this, is not, this made me happy for 10 minutes. What's next? This, this situation uh, brought me happiness for a few days. Maybe in a guy's life, it could look like a midlife crisis. Amen? It could look like a midlife crisis. Oh, this thing will bring me joy. But you realize, oh man, I spent all that money and that time and effort. And now I'm just, you know, whatever it is. You and I know, I, I, I don't know if I've had that moment yet. But if it does, now I know. I, I, I don't want to allow that to creep in. Don't look for the things to bring you happiness. Look for Jesus Christ alone to bring you joy. Amen. Amen? Don't look for the things to bring you happiness. The next house is not going to bring you happiness. The next car is not going to bring you happiness. The next job is not going to bring you happiness. If you can't find joy in what you have today, you're not going to find joy in greater, bigger, and more things tomorrow. Because joy is not about the things you can hold. It's about the joy of the Lord in your spirit. That no matter what is happening around me, no matter what I have or I don't have, no matter what I can sacrifice or I can't experience, I will still have the joy of the Lord in my life. Amen. Spirit of the living God. Come on. You can give him praise if the Lord is helping you. 
Number seven, isolation. When you want to get away from everyone and everything, let me tell you, uh, a few of these have definitely hit me. I wanted to get away from here as far as I could. Huh? Is your pastor speaking? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to quit several times. Even bringing this message today, I believe the spirit of Jezebel was attacking me to not bring this message today. Because I started to like doubt and fear. I wanted to stay alone and withdraw myself. And if you catch yourself withdrawing yourself and pulling yourself away from the people that God has put you in with, I want to ask you to just really reflect, why am I pulling myself away? Why am I withdrawing myself? Why do I want to be in isolation? It is the spirit of Jezebel at work to bring you away from your strength. Like Sharon said, you need a Ben and a Hur to hold your hand up in those times. Because sometimes your companions, your friends, and your family is all that you have and all that you will need in that season. You don't need the big crowds. Amen? You just need a few people. The devil comes to kill, steal, and... The spirit of Jezebel comes to steal your peace, your joy, and your confidence. He'll try to kill you with despair, sickness, and accidents. He'll destroy you with fear, depression, anxiety. But don't let the spirit of Jezebel take victory in our lives. Amen? So the question is, what do we do about it? Right? This is all nice, Pastor C. Thank you for sharing this. Now what do I do about it? First First thing is this. Stop tolerating it. That's not Pastor C's words. Revelation chapter 2 says, stop tolerating it. Men, women, whoever. This is not a gender thing. Remember that, right? Stop tolerating it. If this, men, stand up and take your place. Women, stand up and take your place too. See, here's the thing. I love the women's movement. But here's the thing. It's not about equality or more power. Because we're not the same. The Lord designed us differently. Physically, we're different. Correct? Let me make it clear. Physically, we're different. Physically, women are a little weaker, the weaker vessel, isn't it? Correct? Correct? Yes? It's not Pastor C's opinions or some study. It's the scripture. But God created it that way. God created man to take his place and women to take her place. No one to supersede one or the other. One is not greater than or less than. Let me make it clear. One is not greater than or less. We're just different. We have to take our rightful place in our homes, our lives, and in the community and in society. Stop tolerating the spirit of Jezebel in our lives. Number two, Be gracious to the persons that may be operating in that. What was it? Here's the the best part about pastors. They'll get the emails and the phone calls and the uh, messages. And you have no idea what kind of emails I get these days. You have no idea what kind of emails I get from church. Not church folks. People that, whatever. Let's just leave it that there. You have no idea what they call me in emails these days. You have no idea the, the fights that I got to fight that I don't let the church know because they have to be protected from those things. So I'm asking you for prayer to stand and fight. Amen? Amen? Here's the other thing. You're going to hear a 30, 40, 35, 40 minute message 
and you're going to call, email me, and take me to the office because you missed this one thing. We are called to be gracious to the people, but we're not called to tolerate the spirit. Let me say it like this. Jesus loves Jezebel. Huh? Jesus loves Jezebel. Anybody struggling with this? Usually the smiley people. Revelation chapter 2, it said, it's not my, it's this, my Bible, right? Uh, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Here's the other thing. If you catch yourself hearing from people who call themselves something, be careful. (laughs) If they come and tell you they're a certain thing, be careful. Because you don't have to tell anyone that you have a gift. You don't have to tell anyone that you have something. The people that are called and anointed and can discern it can tell what you have. You don't have to self-promote. You don't have to put yourself out there. The Lord will do it and the Lord will see it and the Lord will lift you up in due time and the people of God that are entrusted to watch over this house and your house, your house and this house will have to identify it, call it. If you call yourself a prophetess, you are not a prophetess. To teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Here's the best part. And I gave her time to repent. Oh, Jesus loves? Who? Jesus loves? One church loves? Jezebel. Pastor C, let's write this down. Pastor C loves? But not the, but not the spirit of Jezebel. So don't be gracious with the spirit. Be gracious to the person. Give time to repent. But you confront the spirit and rebuke it in Jesus' name. If you have any of those types of situations in your lives, be watchful, be careful, and if necessary, remove yourself of influence from those people. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Here's the other thing I'm learning and pastors have taught me. You cannot disciple a spirit. Amen? You cannot disciple a spirit. You cannot pacify a spirit. You cannot teach a spirit. You cannot educate a spirit. You can't even out-argue a spirit. Because a spirit will never admit wrong. Because if they admit wrong, they have just given up some territory for you to stand and build a case against them. What do you do about it? We all need to get with God. Get with the Lord. Seek godly counsel. Amen? Seek godly counsel. Take action. Pray. Repent for tolerating the Spirit in our lives. Pray, repent, and ask God for forgiveness for tolerating the Spirit. Then cast it out. In the name of Jesus Christ. This series has been about spiritual warfare. Amen. This series has been about spiritual warfare. All these weeks have been teaching about spiritual warfare and different things to look for. And this is one thing the Lord put on my heart from weeks ago. This has to be against 
besides maybe, this is my opinion, this is not, maybe uh, against witchcraft, this could be the other most pertaining spirit that is at work in society. But take your authority over that spirit in Jesus' name. So I want to ask you this question as I close. What is being held up in your life? Because you are tolerating the spirit of Jezebel. What is being held up in your life? Because you are tolerating the spirit of Jezebel. Elijah took victory because the Lord met with him and the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And I pray today that you and I would take victory because maybe the Lord used me here to bring awareness to any one of us and all of us so that we could take victory over the lies, the schemes of the enemy against us in our life. Amen? I know this was not a, quote-unquote, an easy message to take, receive. Believe you me, it was not an easy one to deliver. But I will be held accountable if I didn't deliver this. And I want to trust the Lord that the Lord is speaking and ministering to our lives. To the church, be alert. To the church, be careful. To the church, be wise. And I'm not talking the organization church. I'm talking to the body of Christ, the church. And when that applies in your own life, when that applies in your own home, when that applies in your own workplaces, schools, any parts and spheres of society, and even when it applies to church, be careful, be wise, and be ready to act in prayer. And when needed, confront the spirit and be gracious to the person. Amen? Confront the spirit, but be gracious to the person. Thank you for joining us this week on the One Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message and would take a moment to share it with others. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify at One Church LI. Or you can find more information on our website, onechurchonline.com. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior, please contact us at info at onechurchonline.com. Here at One Church, our vision is to see Jesus. We exist to reach the one with the love of Jesus and for all to live like Jesus. We want to see Jesus in each other and we pray and believe that there is more for you.